Welcome to Confessions of a Serial Seller. I have with me a sales leadership guru. He's an author of the Street Savvy Sales Leader book. He's based in Toronto in Canada. And, and Mark Welch, thank you so much for joining me on the show. Thanks for having me, Tony. It's, uh, I'm very grateful and honored to be on. And uh, by the way, love your title, Confessions of a Serial, kill seller. serial Killer. There you go. Serial <laughs> Seller. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's a different podcast <laughs> together. Different podcast together. Exactly. <laughs> no, it's my, my pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me. So, Mark, tell, before we Absolutely. kick off and, and, and dive into sales leadership, tell, tell the listeners a little bit about your story and your background and, and how you got to where you are in sales leadership? Sure, absolutely. I, I think, firstly, I probably don't have that <laughs> common a background, actually. My, my full-time degree before I started in the work world was in an industrial sociology, of all things, all right. which is the, the study of human behavior at work. And uh, I was always intrigued, and I think it helped me a lot throughout my career by you know, being interested in employee engagement, employee satisfaction, and what motivates people. And actually, many people told me I should have had a career in HR. Uh, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, after graduating, my first job was really more a support role or an admin role to sales. Mm. Uh, and I enjoyed it for a time, but there was, I always felt that there was something missing. I, I worked harder than others in my department. And every year, you know, I'd the year would end and I'd get my 3% raise in a frozen turkey. And yeah, and yeah there, we still get frozen turkeys in Canada at Christmas time uh, as bonuses, yeah. uh, believe it or not. Oh, really? So, <laughs> yes, my, my, my son-in-law, Jake, uh, is, is in his late 20s and he still gets a frozen turkey. There you go. It's still a thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I just felt that if I'm going to go the extra mile and you know, I want to be rewarded for it. I wanted to be rewarded for my performance. So I thought, you know, the closest thing to being an entrepreneur is to get into sales. Yeah. So that's what I did. I got into sales. Someone took a chance on me with, with no sales experience. Mm. Uh, and in my second year as a sales rep, I was the top rep in the country, won a trip to Maui, President's Club, uh, and then many sales successes after that. Then got tapped on the shoulder to become a sales manager um, and, you know, had I was a young dude at the time, 30-ish, and to be honest, didn't have a clue how to be a sales manager. And I think that's a very common story, and that's one of the real impetuses uh, in the writing of my book. Um, but um, I took over an underperforming, tenured team. Most of the guys on the team were older and more experienced than myself. Yeah. So I did the only thing that I knew how to do at the time, which was work my butt off, work harder than anybody else, yeah. uh, be humble and, and earn their trust and respect. And, and in my second year, turned the team around and was top performing team in the country and won a, a president's club as a sales manager. Wow. So, you know, that kind of repeated itself. And I worked my way up to being executive level roles in sales and marketing at, at the VP level. So, mm. you know, I decided that at uh, four or five years ago that I wanted and needed a change. And I felt there was just this real critical need in the market for sales organization help, especially sales management help, sales leadership help. So, you know, I'm dealing at the CEO level as well as VP and manager level in sales. I use my 30 years plus experience, uh, the research that I've done. I interviewed over a hundred sales professionals and wrote the book, The Street Savvy Sales Leader, as you mentioned, where yeah. I developed 10 
sales organization imperatives, started my own coaching and consulting business, Street Savvy Sales Leadership. Uh, and my particular expertise really is in sales talent management, the whole life cycle of that, um, sales organization productivity, coaching, and sales planning. So now I help startups, small, medium-sized uh, B2B companies, uh, particularly in the technology space, uh, to help them build winning sales teams and, and also work, you know, one-on-one -on -one mentoring sales leaders. Uh, so that's what I'm doing now and, and uh, love it. Amazing. So a couple of things I want to pick up what you said. You, when, you, when you started, you know, in your 30s in sales, and I think you said year two, you know, you became a top seller and obviously won that trip in the President's Club. What, what did yeah. you do differently? to all the other salespeople to, to, you know, to, to excel and surpass your colleagues? Uh, great question. I, I think that, you know, I talk about this a lot and it's, it's in my book as well. I, I don't think there's a, you know, there's a, we all have different stories and we all use our, our own talents in different ways. And there's tons of different ways to be successful. I, I don't think there's one, definition of a great salesperson, for example. And, and for me, the, th the thing that made me successful was I just was just incredibly strong in paying attention to detail. I was a really good listener and had a great work ethic. And so, you know, I remember this one time I was dealing, you know, I was my first sales job. I covered a massive territory. Mm. Put on like fifteen hundred kilometers a, a week in my in my vehicle, driving around to yeah. to all of my clients. Yeah. And this guy had, you know, he was having trouble finding a part for something, and it was like a, it was less than a two dollar part. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know, I I wrote it down. I knew the part number, and you know, I got the thing for him, and I actually got it back to him the next day myself personally. Yeah. And ever since that time, I did that he dealt with nobody but me and bought thousands and thousands of dollars of stuff off me because of that one little thing that I did. So it was just being very attentive to my customers, working hard and paying attention to those small little details. I love that. I love that. And obviously when you became a sales manager, you mentioned again, you turned the team around and, and obviously won the award again of the president's club. What, what would you have, what would you say was sort of the, 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 the secret or the recipe to how you turned an underperforming team around at that time? Uh, another great question. And yeah, and it was, man, it was, it was humbling because I, and that's the, the huge part of the reason why I wrote the book, because I think a lot of us have this same experience. We, you know, we're a salesperson and all of a sudden you're tapped on the shoulder Oh, you've done a great job. Now you're a sales manager. And then it's like deer in the headlights look like now what the heck yeah. do I do? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, you know, I, I didn't know how to interview to, to hire people. I knew nothing, you know, so yeah. you just kind of, you know, buck it up. You got a job to do. Um, you know, I think it's just my mindset that, um, you know, I, I, there's something that I got to get done here. I have to plan for it. So back in that time, there really wasn't, any such thing, to be honest, around sales planning, um, you know, how do you execute? So I just said, you know what, I'm a detailed guy. I, I wrote out my own sales management plan. And it was the first time anybody who had, had done that in that company at the time. So it actually became a model and all the my boss showed this plan to my boss's boss. 
Yeah. And they said, you know what? Every sales manager has to do this now. Love you, you know, so I, so I just created a plan and I, you know, I just sat back and said, you know, guys, you use me for whatever I can. I'm here to support you. I'm here to help you. I set an example again with my work ethic yes. uh, and they bucked it up and, and got the job done. I, you know, I had to do the really difficult things, which I also wasn't used to of, uh, you know, I had to let a couple of people go and which yes. was extremely tough. Yes. Uh, and to this day, it's difficult. Um, but those, you know, I had to make the tough decisions and, and hire right and uh, built the team back up again. Amazing. And you said, I know in your book that you've interviewed sort of the top hundred sales leaders. Um, what would you say, what were the biggest findings that came out of those interviews that you conducted? Oh man, it, it was huge. Like I, I, they weren't, I didn't use survey monkey. I personally interviewed these people. Uh, I spent, you know, minimum 45 minutes, typically an hour, sometimes up to two hours and had specific questions, you know, over 20 questions. I actually, you know, wrote it down and then digitized it all and analyzed all the data. Nice. Um, but I think one of the things was the, the consistency of, of some of the scenarios that, we, that I talked about. One, for example, was, you know, I asked the question around how important, you know, culture was to you. Yeah. And, and, you know, again, over 100 org, uh, individuals and 99%, there's only one person that said culture doesn't really mean much to me. It doesn't really matter. 99% said it is not just it's important, it's huge, it's really significant. And, and it's interesting, the one guy who said it wasn't important then started talking about all sorts of things that were actually important that were culture related. Oh, really? So, really? so in my mind, 100% of people, you know, yes. a sales professional viewed culture as, as mission critical yes. uh, to the success of the sales team. So I, I found that that was, was interesting. And how for sales leaders and managers listening to this podcast, what advice can you give them to knowing that culture is absolutely mission critical? What advice can you give to improve or, or create the right culture within their organization? Well, I, I think one thing is to be mindful of, of what it is to begin with. I, I think culture comes from the leader and, you know, you're going to have a culture in an organization that is, is, comes from the CEO of the company that, you know, it's kind of set up from the top and there's going to be a culture that has been developed over time, depending on how many, you know, generations old the organization is. Yep. But, but within that company, you, you know, as you drop down and you get down to the various departments, there's individual cultures within the overall culture of the company as well. And you can absolutely create a sales culture within the overall uh, culture of the organization. And, and that is by, you know, first of all, setting up, you know, what are your expectations uh, as a sales organization? What is important to you as a leader, whether it's collaboration, teamwork, preparation, all those kinds of things yeah. that are important to you, you, you're just communicating that and leading that by example on an ongoing basis. And, and I would actually, uh, you know, be very explicit about that. Yes. Uh, and talk about it on a regular basis in terms of what my expectations of the team were and what I wanted from them uh, and what I wanted from the overall group. Love that. I mean, we're, we're in a very 
challenging time right now you know with this with this covid-19 it's affecting every pretty much every organization around the world and i know 100% yeah, yeah and i know a majority of my clients and businesses now are going to are working remotely so what, mm -hmm. what advice can you give to to the listeners whether you're in sales or you're a sales leader and they and your team are now remote based working in isolation what what yeah. advice can you give to maybe keep up the, the morale of your troops? Great question. I was actually just, uh, I, was, I was doing a coaching call last night uh, to uh, a senior sales director out of New York and, and, and we talked about that very topic. And I think one of the things that's really, really important, and it's, it's always important, but even more important now is to maybe even at, during this specific time to rely less on our technology and rely more on live communication. So, you know, stop just emailing potentially and, you know, get on the phone with your people live and actually, you know, or Zoom or whatever and actually talk to them more often than you normally would. Yes. Uh, I think that that's important. Um, you know, communication is, is vital and I think live communication right now is, is more important than ever to make sure that you know, you, you're empathetic and, and, and you're asking them questions and, you, and yeah. you're really um, helping them through what is a very challenging time. So yes. that, would be the, that would be part of it. And I think part B of it, there's a whole, there's a whole there's, we could spend the next entire time talking about yeah. this, but, but this part two of that, not all of the parts, but part two of it would be to also help them. You know, I know that this is really tough, but one of the most important elements of success in sales is to stay focused. Yep. So, you know, we still have a job to do. We still have numbers to make. And uh, we have to be more sensitive about, you know, we should always be sensitive of how, how we approach things, but even more so now. Yep. Uh, and take the opportunity to make sure that we're really empathetic with our clients and our customers and helping them through this situation as well. Yes. Uh, the best that we can. Yeah. And use it as an opportunity to help. That's great advice. Great advice. I know you're a you're a massive Green Bay Packers fan. <laughs> yes. I, I don't know much about them as a team, but I do know obviously the, the, their coach Vince Lombardi is, is a real legend, world famous legend when it comes to sort of leadership. yeah. What what would what have you learned from Lombardi that you can apply into the sales leadership world? Well, I think. One of the big things I think, and, and I have a poster of him on my wall in my office here, and, and of course, as you mentioned, yeah, world famous coach, the, the Super Bowl trophy is named after Vince Lombardi, the Lombardi trophy. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's partly work ethic. He just, he just exemplified that, that you know, you gotta, you gotta have put the work in to get the results. I think that that was, that was a big thing, a huge thing. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, the whole coaching thing, Vince Lombardi and others, I really liken to sales management managers because you look at a, at a game and you see these old clips of Vince as well and, and how intense he was on the sidelines mm. in terms of every moment of while the game is being played. Certainly there was a lot that went on before and after, yeah. but, he was really intense during the, the field of play. 
And I, I talk to, to the sales managers about that a lot. And that's how we should be when we're dealing with our sales reps is really intensely helping them be the best that they can be by, by pre-call prep, which I think is way underutilized. We don't help our people prepare enough in advance of a call, especially critical strategic calls. Yeah. Then during the call, if you're there witnessing it, um, how are you helping them? And then post calls reviews. Yeah. You know, it's just that intensity he had that I loved. And, and I really loved that spillover into sales management. And, you know, there's a lot of stats and a lot of numbers that studies have been out there that, you know, no, the more you're coached and the more effective and consistently coached, it's proven that results increase. Yeah. Just performance improves with great coaching. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And what would you say your mantra was when it comes to sales leadership? If you had one leadership mantra, what would it be? I think it would have to be advice that I received when I was a, a young buck, uh, a friend of the family, and he was a very successful sales leader. It's really all about focus. You, you know, everything is about focus. Focus on the right people at the right time with the right message. Uh, don't get sidetracked with, with uh, you know, it's about, you know, qualifying, you know, getting to know quickly. Uh, you know, as a sales leader, don't overload your sales team with non-sales stuff. Um, just make everything that you can do to keep them focused on the target and target being the right, the, the customer, the client uh, at all times. I think that that's the best advice that I always received as a sales leader and as a sales rep, quite frankly. Yeah, I love that. One, I want to share one common challenge a lot of my clients have, Mark, and I want to get your, your opinion and feedback on it. So, and I'm sure you've faced this in your career where they have a top sales producer who is actually a sales maverick. It's the sort of person that will turn up a bit late for a meeting, um, but has a bit of the attitude of, I know you're not going to fire me because 80% of the turnover comes from my figures. And when I yeah. And when I speak to the, the CEO or the sales director, commonly they'll say, I know he's a problem, but he, I, we can't afford to lose him. Um, what, what's your opinion and how should that be handled best? Yeah. You know what, Tony? I wish you did not ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> Joking. It, it, it's, I think it's, it's an incredibly important question. Um, and I, and you're not the first one to ask me that. And, and it's, it's strange, strangely enough, I was on a coaching call again, same one last night. We talked about that. He's, you know, he's, has uh, one of his guys, that's a real problem. And, and I don't think that there's a simple answer that applies in every single situation. Again, I think it, I think it depends on the scenario, but it, in this discussion that I had as an example, the other evening is that you know, if you're and this kind of goes back to culture, if culture is that important and you have one single individual that, yeah, be that as it may, he's a high performer, but he is upsetting the entire or she upsetting the entire uh, culture of your organization, of your sales organization. That's a very huge problem. And it puts you in a very difficult position if you don't act on it. Yes. So, I mean, you have to, uh, you know, coach through it 
manage through it and do your darndest to, to turn it around and get that person to uh, some self-awareness. And there's, there's a variety of tools that you can use to help them be self-aware around what their behavior and how their behavior is impacting uh, themselves, others around them, and the organization. Yep. But if you can't turn it around, you do need to act on it. Uh, you know, again, it depends on, you know, the size of the company. If you only have two or three reps and, and, and this one guy is pulling most of your revenue, that's a different challenge altogether. If yes. you're a larger organization and you have 50 reps and it's one that's creating the damage, that's a different problem. So again, it's not a single answer, but you do, I strongly believe culture is so important that you do have to correct the situation. Yeah, no, no, that's fair. I mean, you mentioned earlier about obviously that advice from a family friend about focus. What would you say is your, your three best tips for any sales leaders listening to this podcast? Uh, three best tips. Um, I think, one is, uh, it's not about you, it's about your people. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of uh, folks that get uh, promoted into sales forget that, certainly forget it initially, and yeah. maybe learn it in the long run. Uh, because when you're a sales guy, a lot about what you do is about you. Yes. And you kind of have to suddenly change your mindset as a manager. Uh, I believe that we're there in that role to help your people be the best that they can possibly be. Your role is to help them meet their personal and business objectives. So I, I think that that would be one thing is to, to take yourself out of yourself, if you will, yes. and uh, you know, be, be there as a servant to, to your people to a certain extent. Yes. Uh, the other one would be, I deal with, I, I, I get this a lot and that is, you know, I have these incredible sales leaders that I, that I coach that are so good at what they do and yet they still have the you know I got these senior salespeople, and you know they don't need my help they're so good at what they do and I say not nah, no that is absolutely not the case everybody uh, can get better at the, what they do I always say sales is a journey not a destination yeah. you know I've been selling for over 30 years and every single sales call I go on I learn something new every single time yeah. uh, so you know, I really work on these folks to help build their confidence that yes, every time you have a one-on-one -on -one conversation, no matter how senior that salesperson is on your team, you can help them. Yes. Uh, so spend the time to do that. And, and I think we, we take for granted that some of these folks know it all. They don't. Uh, and we can always use a sounding board. And that's, that's again, partly what, what we're here for. Uh, and then the other goes back to focus. It's, it's our job to help them, uh, you know, get to know fast, uh, help them strategize and help them be prepared uh, in those, uh, you know, important sales calls that they're going on. Fantastic. Now that's great, great help. Great advice. Uh, what, what are the, I know obviously you're an author yourself and, and you've been probably surrounded by some great sales professionals and leaders in your time. What are some of the, what would you say is your sort of top, two or three either sales leadership books that you personally read or sales books that you've read? Oh man, I, there are so many. Um, there's so, so many. I, I think, you know, one of the top books that is really, 
I just read it and I was going, oh my goodness, it's just so practical and it's so down to earth and and real would be Mike Weinberg. Um, you know, just all of his books are are so so good and yeah. and you can use them on a on a daily basis and go back and refer to them over and over again. Um, they're just really practical, practical stuff uh, for a sales manager and a salesperson. Yeah. Uh, he would be uh, one pick. Uh, Jeb Blunt uh, would be another uh, for sure, 100%. Yeah. Um, Jill Conrath, you know, there's, uh, you know, Agile Selling was a great book. You know, there's dozens. And, and, and I, I actually talk about this in my book and, and Mike Weinberg and Jeb Blunt uh, and a number of others actually are in my book and they, they, uh, they, um, testimonial for my book as well. Um, you know, I don't believe in one sales method methodology. I, I believe that, you know, not one is going to be the answer to you all to, you know, how to perform as a professional salesperson. And that's why I was constantly reading and, and, you know, taking on different sales approaches. Uh, you know, I, again, every single sales call is a different experience and we, as salespeople, I think the best salespeople are the ones that are learners, they're curious, yeah. um, they're flexible, they're creative, and they know they have to adapt in any given situation. Um, yeah, so I'm not sure I answered your question, but no, certainly, you, you know, Weinberg, Blunt, Conrath, just, there's just a ton. No, no, that's really, really, really helpful. And if, if you could go back to when you first became a sales leader, you know, when you turn that team around, but yeah. knowing what you know now, what would you have, what advice would you have given to your, you know, your young self um, as a sales leader back in the, in the day? Oh, that's a, that's a great question. And, and it comes like immediately. I, I wish that, you know, I had learned to be a better coach, um, you know, very, very early on. I, I very, very late in life, later on in life, I'm now a certified you know, licensed coach. I went through hours and hours, weeks and weeks of training and real time role play and all sorts of stuff to become uh, a certified coach. And if I, if I had had that kind of training, because it's it's almost it's so transformable, transformational. Yes. To have an effective coaching conversation with an employee, not just salespeople, with any, any employee. Yeah. You know, the, just asking the right questions, helping them be self-aware, the learning just becomes so much quicker and so much deeper for them. And it's like, you know, they just get so much more out of the experience yeah. and results just, just skyrocket. It's amazing the difference that great coaching can make. And what, what for leaders listening to this call, I mean, I, I know some advice that as a coach that I follow, what's your best advice, tips, help to coach effectively? Well, the one is, the one piece of advice is not to give as much advice. Oh. You know, it's the first reaction we have when somebody comes into your office as a sales leader is, you know, they come in with a problem and you solve it for them. Yes. And, and immediately they, they leave the room and they go do what they need to do. And then lo and behold, they're going to come back to you tomorrow and with a problem and you're going to you know, give them advice and help them solve it. Yeah. You know, th that works in the very, very short term. 
but it doesn't lead to sticky learning and to lifelong learning as much as if you sit them down, it's, you know, you got to take a bit more time, but you sit them down and ask some great questions to help them think the, the issue, the problem, the challenge through themselves to reach the conclusion, the right conclusion on their own. So you just help guide them through that. Uh, You know, then over time, that learning is stickier and they don't need you as much every single day. And you can have different, deeper kinds of conversations with your time. Uh, But it's trying not to tell, but asking more, if you will. Yeah, so they come to their own conclusion. Exactly. Yeah, I love that. I did hear with, you know, the whole Pareto law, the 80-20. I think that's that's a real big lesson I got as a coach is they should be doing 80% of the talking. And, you know, when I first coached, it was probably 95-5 me speaking. And I was just getting <laughs> Exactly. And that, that's a great comment because that's exactly the same for a, an actual sales call. I mean, Absolutely. you know, salespeople should be listening 75-80% of the time and, and yeah. talking the other. Absolutely. Mark, you, you've shared some absolute golden nuggets for, on this podcast. So I really, really appreciate it. I could talk to you all day long. It's been so helpful. Where, for, for those listeners, where can they look up your stuff? Where can they get your book from? Where, they, where can they learn more about you? Uh, sure. So uh, my website is the best place to, I do a fair bit of content there. So there's, that's the streetsavvysalesleadership.com. Savvy is S-A-V-V-Y, streetsavvysalesleadership.com. I'm very active on LinkedIn. I do, you know, I just post all the time with, with things that come to mind, uh, content, tips, stories around sales leadership. I can be found there and Mark Welch uh, and Street Savvy will, will likely get you there. Uh, my book you can is on Amazon, um, Excellent. and it's also referenced on my website. And if anybody's interested in a free consult, you can just click on my website to, to get a hold of me that way. Amazing. Well, look, thank you once again for, for your valuable time and sharing your insights. It's been hugely beneficial to all of us. So thank you. Well, it's been an honor. Thank you for asking, Tony. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you. My pleasure.